Guys, I've been having such a good time on the internet lately. I don't know if you guys are active users, but we started a club for members of Terrible Thanks for Asking, and I get to actually talk and hear feedback, get story ideas, all kinds of cool stuff from this group of humans who have decided to support us, help be the public in public media. It's just like $5 a month to support us, help us make this podcast, and get into our little internet club. It's a real thing. You can support us by going to ttfa.org slash donate. I'll see you in the club. Bottle full of water. Here's the show. That was a 50 cent reference in case it was lost on some younger listeners. Um, Tell me your name. My name is Holly Undlin. And what is your husband's name? Matthew Vollmer. And what's your son's name? Finn. How old is Finn? Finn just turned two last month. So I am talking to you, and today is the first day of a whole new life for you. It is. So what happened yesterday? Um, Yesterday, my husband passed away, 19 hours ago, actually. I'm Nora McNerney, and this is Terrible. Thanks for asking. If I sound younger in what you're about to hear, it's because I was. This conversation was recorded in July 2016. What you're hearing is the first conversation that I ever had with Holly in real life. We'd been planning to meet, but not this way. You put on makeup, you look beautiful. Thank you. And I don't know if I really went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that hour here, hour there yeah. thing. And you came down to St. Paul to talk to us. Yes. Why'd you say yes? Um, this was something that was very important to me. There's going to be another person in my situation, and I want to be able to help that person. And if I can turn Matthew's story, which was terribly sad, into something positive, I'll do it. What is what was Matthew's story? Matthew's story. <laughs> um, Sixteen months ago, he was diagnosed with stage four esophageal cancer, and um, at that time, we had a baby. And Matthew also has three daughters um, from his ex-wife, and they're ages seven and nine. So this has been, you know, a, a journey for the young children as well, which. Um, has made it even more complicated and blended families and a lot of dynamics that go into it. And home at the time was? Well, home at the time was actually Minot, North Dakota, that area, the small town where I'm from. Uh, Matthew ran a business as a welder, the breadwinner of the family. So, you know, we had to close the doors to his business and um, redo everything in our lives, really. I mean, he's never not had chemo since he was diagnosed. And he ended up in the hospital. Um, He was in the hospital for about three weeks, and at that point we knew he didn't have the strength to continue and went into hospice, um, which was in his hometown of Bloomington. He wanted to be at his parents' place. Mm -hmm. So for the last seven weeks, that's where we've been. So yeah, my my little guy, he's been at home with my family for the last three weeks, so it's been you know, hard. It's hard enough being a caretaker in your own home, in your own comfortable environment, but then to be 
you know, out of your element and without your child and, you know, so, so it's been quite the adjustment, but. So you haven't seen Finn yet? I, you know, I flew home um, last week to see him. Okay. What does Finn understand, do you think? That dad sleeps a lot. <laughs> that's, that's all he knows. He just, dad's always in bed. Dad can't play. Dad isn't able to do those things. Matthew started getting sick when Finn was four months old. So that's all he really knows. Um, when I stepped off the airplane last week, I didn't expect Finn to really say anything about his dad, um, simply because it's usually just Finn and myself, you know, because Matthew's always in bed. So I stepped off the plane to give him a hug, and I expected to be a little more embraced by him than I was. But instead, his eyes were scanning the airport, saying, Daddy, Daddy. And I just was so caught off guard because I thought, you know, this is going to be easier for me now because he is two years old. He's not going to ask questions. Does he know that Matthew's dead? Um, I talked with my parents actually the first time today. I couldn't even speak with anybody last night. I just went home and went to bed. <laughs> um, so I did talk with my mom today and, and I told her, I said, you know, just tell him that when you come down here, daddy is not going to be here. He's not going to see him. And I guess I'll try to have the talk with the two. I mean, I don't know what you say to a two year old, but I'll figure that out as I go. Mm-hmm. And last night, um, a couple hours Prior to Matthew passing away, actually, I FaceTimed Finn, and and I showed him his dad, um, and I don't think he recognized him. So, yeah. What have the past seven weeks been like? It changed a little bit, because in the beginning, I was there with him 24 hours a day. Um, I realized I did, did need to step away from the situation uh, and let other people help me, which was a really hard thing for me to do. And... I went to stay with a friend so I could have some evenings of rest and then I'd come and be with him all day. And I think that middle phase where I was staying with a friend was because I was scared to be there when he died. I didn't like being the first person to walk in his bedroom every day with his eyes half open, sleeping, not sure if he's going to have a breath or not. Um, So I think a lot of it was just me being scared. And what were you, what do you think you were afraid of? death just seeing him dead just not having him present I didn't want to be there alone with him when it happened I just expected a really scary ugly situation and and, you know you hear about people talking about when someone passes away it's peaceful and I thought that is just completely absurd there's no way this is going to be peaceful and really it's true It, it it's just an amazing beautiful experience The last week or so, I have been back there 24 hours a day again, and his parents have done a great job doing everything that they would do for their son. Um, but it's hard because we all have our opinions. We all have our, you know, I'm in I'm in somebody else's home. It's a little foreign territory to me. Um, and I have been just, you know, it's living out of a bag and eat here and there. And, you know, you don't have the comfort of your own coffee pot, your own bed, your own shower, your own everything so everything's just been kind of um in disarray for me but it it could be worse (laughs) what would be worse (sighs) 
you know, I, thinking of an example, I guess I can't even think. Yeah, it's, it's, it just Holly, seems... Holly, no, it couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, it, I feel like I'm just trying to be so positive right now. Why do you think you have to be so positive right now? Um, for my son and for the, my stepdaughters. Were they there yesterday with you? They were not. Um, Matthew had expressed to me that... He worries about his children, and he he wanted to hear from his ex-wife, the mother you know, of his children, that they were going to be okay. And we, we kept trying to assure him, you know, we being his parents, his sisters, everybody saying, you know, they're going to be okay. They're going to be taken care of, Matthew. It's okay. Mm-hmm. That wasn't enough for him. And he told me, even before he became non-responsive last week, um, he expressed to me several times, he wished his ex would have told him that they're going to be okay. So the last several days after I've been like laying there, I'm just thinking, you know, there's something he needs something more and he can hear us and he, he wants to hear from her. So I called her two nights ago and I said, you need to come over and you are able to give him that gift of peace. Like Mm -hmm. what greater thing is there when you're divorced, you have history, good, bad, And so it was a very hard thing for for her to have to come over and do. You know, she wants peace. He wants peace. Everybody does. But to connect all those pieces, I've had to be that person. So when Matthew passed away, his ex-wife was with me, and we were both holding his hand. And, you know, we sat there for about 45 minutes to an hour just visiting. And it came to the point where I looked at her like, now's the time. I mean, you know, you, you have to do this for him. And she did. She said... Matthew, your girls are going to be okay. And he took his four last breaths at that time, actually. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's hard to describe how you just watch that pain slip out of their body, you know? Um... Yeah, and how I felt such relief but such sadness. It's hard to explain how those two extremely opposite feelings somehow were combined in that moment. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. It does feel different. Do you still feel him? I don't know yet. Um, right now, I just feel lost. <laughs> um, and, you know, people, my phone is blowing up constantly and it's a struggle to respond. You know, how are you doing? I don't know. I can't even say, like, I'm okay. I'm not good. I'm, I can't even give them one emotion because I'm so lost right now. I'm just trying to figure out what my next duty is in life because I've been so, I've given up my job, I've given up, you know, everything in our lives to be a caretaker. Um, And now that responsibility is gone. So, so lost is how I would describe myself right now.
it still doesn't seem real to me. That's why I'm able to talk about it right now, I think. Yeah. Um, and the waves of emotion, I mean, they come and go. Last night, I laid in bed awake most of the night, and I didn't even cry. Mm-hmm. It was really bizarre. I'm like, shouldn't I be bawling? Isn't that what people do? Yeah. But I just kind of laid there numb and just thought... Yeah. What did you think that grief would look like? Like this kind of grief? I've been thinking about that for a long time, like how I was going to handle it. And I I mean, I I still don't know because it's so fresh. I don't I don't know. I think it's going to be a lot of up and downs and and unpredictable Mm -hmm. ups and downs. Um, the, The silliest things make me cry. Like last week, I I went to Minot to see Finn. The day I came back, Matthew was already unresponsive. So prior to that, when I said goodbye to him and had that conversation that I was flying, I knew when I flew up there, he could die. Mm-hmm. I, every time every time I said goodbye to him or goodnight, I knew that could be it. And that gets exhausting. Mm-hmm. But I, I came back, saw him that very first night I was home. And the thing that like made me sad and set me off was that you know, I'm in the shower thinking about this, and and Matthew has these two recipes that he makes. I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know what's in them. Mm-hmm. And I kept telling myself, I'll write them down someday. I'll write them down someday. And I put it off. And and I've learned, you know, you can't put those things off because you don't know what next, you know, what the next day is going to bring. And it's so silly that I just bawled. I sat in the shower and bawled that I don't, I don't have those recipes that I can share with his son. Mm-hmm. I was so upset by it, and I. We think we have time for those things. I know. And it is hard. Like, I... Aaron made the best joke. I wrote it down somewhere. But he made the best joke, like, the minute he woke up from his first brain surgery, and I can't remember it. And it was, like, one of those things... I can remember being in that room. I can remember what I was wearing. Right. I can't remember what he said, and it's killing me. Right, to this day. Yeah. I think that's totally... You should cry about that. (laughs) I did I did cry about it in the shower forever and I was like you know and I thought I can't tell somebody normal this because Mm -hmm. they're gonna think you're crying about a recipe really Mm -hmm. but until you've been in that situation when you can't communicate with your loved one anymore to get that little itty bitty thing of that was a part of them that's that's what it is though loss is losing a million little things about a person. That's all mm-hmm. we are. We are our recipes and our stories and our funny jokes yep. and like the way we like crossed our eyes. Like we're that's who we are. So mm-hmm. you aren't losing a recipe or that's that is what it is to lose your husband. Right. That's exactly what it is. Even when Matthew was non responsive, like I could just feel his sense of humor about things because <laughs> yeah he likes Garth Brooks so mm-hmm. I was like playing him a Garth Brooks song and then it was one that I would like knew the words from like you know 20 years ago and I'm like oh I'm gonna sing this with Garth Brooks and <laughs> so I did it and his face like the reaction on his face was like please stop singing you're ruining this song you know you're ruining a wonderful yeah. Garth Brooks yeah, song yeah so I could totally like every little signal that he gave me was just like oh please gosh stop. he had like, a sense of humor through yeah. all of it oh I like him <laughs> Me too. I do. I do. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I I don't have a definite plan as to when I'm going to go back to work. I'm not in a rush. I feel like right now I just need to take some time and 
You do. I don't know what that time is. I told a friend of mine, I said, I feel like just buying like a mini Winnie and just like driving around the country. Uh, that was my instinct. I was Seriously. like, I better go. I better. I was like, this is flea. it. Like, and just, yeah, our just, children, like at that age, they aren't in activities. They aren't, yeah. you know, it's the time for me to like just go and do. I've, I haven't been able to do anything for me for so long. Mm-hmm. And for Finn and for us to like have that journey. Yeah. That's like kind of what's in my head right now. I'm pretty sure if my family heard me say that, they'd be like, what? Yeah. You GTFO, really honestly. I didn't have, I didn't buy a, a camper because I'd never been camping and it felt like the wrong time to learn, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> wrong time to try to pick up a new life skill. Well, I don't even really like camping. Yeah. So that's the funny part. But I'm like, <laughs> I, I could learn. I was, yeah, I suddenly had like a lot of, but I, I just got on a plane with Ralph and we just yeah. went everywhere for a year. And I tell everybody this who's gone through literally anything. I'm like, do whatever you want. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Yep. And I don't have a timeline. I'm going to have a lot of feelings that are maybe just not for everyone. Right. <laughs> I think I've already had a lot of those. <laughs> uh, when I was flying home to Minot the other day, this guy like a Hulk Colgan lookalike kind of was my Ooh. seat my seatmate and I'm mm-hmm. like oh like I was holding your book thinking maybe the person that I'm sitting next to will get the hint that I don't want to ask how are you today and then oh you have your wedding ring on what does your husband do right you know yeah. like all those questions and I just thought oh this guy looks like he's totally not going to want to talk to me before I even had like my bag you know stowed away and whatever he's like how are you today and I'm like honestly I said I'm just not having a good day yeah Seriously, next question, what does your husband do? And I I looked at him and I just said, do you really want to know? Are you prepared? Because I I get so tired of answering, I'm good. I'm the, you know, just the standard answers to those questions. And I told him and, and I said, well, I'm a caretaker and, you know, my husband is dying like any day now and he goes I'm a caretaker too (laughs) this man like totally like we were meant to sit by each other on that plane we were but I had a nice conversation with somebody who got it and it's it had been a while since I'd had that yeah because most people want to get it and they want to give you advice and they want to give you you know answer everything for you and and yeah but their well just isn't that deep and so like the place they go is like I had to put my dog down yeah and you're right. like yeah I'm sorry tell me about that yeah <laughs> <laughs> any advice so fortunate yeah yeah don't do what I did I made a list of every grudge I was holding on to first and last names uh, <laughs> <laughs> description of the situation in a notebook I was going to burn it and like let it go but I left it <laughs> in the airplane seat ahead of me <laughs> So, so somebody has my grudges somewhere. are out there. <laughs> they are out there. It's not good, I would say. I, I'd say if you um, find it, treasure it. <laughs> burn it if you can. <laughs> if you have access to an open flame, I beg you to burn first, it. First, last name, address, phone number. Yeah, first, last name, detailed description of the situation. <laughs> like, detailed. And um, it took me a couple days to be like, where's my... <laughs> <laughs> Where is that notebook? <laughs> it's not something you're going to call an airline about. No. Like, did it's you claim. find a book with a lot of angry feelings in it? <laughs> mm-hmm. See, like um, right now in this moment, I sit here laughing and I'm like, people are going to hear this and they're going to judge. Like, why is she laughing? Why is she having happy feelings? Shouldn't she be crying? Shouldn't she be... You know, mm-hmm. so that's kind of my hard thing right now. Like, I don't want somebody telling me how I should be feeling. Yeah. And you know? 
I get it. Even sometimes now I'm like, am I allowed to be like in love with a new person? Right. And also deeply like and also sit here and cry with you about this dead husband that Mm -hmm. I'm still completely in love with as well. And the answer to everything is like, yes, that if of course. Mm -hmm. And also to some people, no. And those are people who haven't done it. Like anybody who has literally anything to say about this experience, people had a lot of advice for me and I felt like obligated to take it and I felt obligated to be like whatever everybody wanted me to be. And I had all these weird sort of interpersonal like experiences Mm -hmm. where I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I having lunch with this person I don't want to eat with? The people who wanted to tell me like, don't sell your house yet or, you know, don't do this. Like their husbands are alive. Exactly. Oh (laughs) gosh, it just drives me crazy. The advice that I get and I know they do it because they mean well. Yeah. And they don't make a decision for a year. I mean, do you have any idea the amount of decisions I've been making? (laughs) I was like making life or death decisions for people. I was like, a decision to me is like nothing. Right. Exactly. It's easy. Change is easy. Yeah. That's all we've had to do is adapt. Yeah. Change. I'm like, oh, house? Fuck it. Right. Like, fuck a house. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But like, yeah. So I get it. I get it. This is something that people ask me a lot. And I'm like, what would you want somebody to say to you? Today, today. it's your first day Um, of widowhood. Like when someone texts you, what should they be saying? I don't like it when people just are like, let me know what I can do for you. Because seriously, like, as if I'm going to tell you, and first of all, I don't even know what I need. Like, just do something. Exactly. You know, and I have those hands full of friends and family. Well, my family is like, they do it before I even think of it which is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like being given a job. Ugh. Like, okay, let me just look through what you, who you yeah. are and then a list of what things you're capable of doing. Trying to match that. up. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't like that. I've been thinking, or I thought of after Aaron died or after my dad died, like the ways that like I can be there for people or like the things that like, I mean, I saw you today and I didn't ask like, how are you? Cause I like, know. No thank you for not. And thank you for like not discouraging me to come. When I let you know last night that Matthew passed away and you didn't discourage me, I thought, oh, my God, seriously. Like, thank you. Thank you. And you, too, Hans. Like, I mean, this is just, yeah, it's important to me to be able to come here and talk about it. And it's therapeutic. And it's And you don't need, you just didn't need somebody to, like, tell you another thing to do. Right. Uh, Or, like, how to spend this first. This is your first fucking day of widowhood. Okay? Yeah. Not my job to tell you how to spend it. Yeah. I would, if I were you, do something just ridiculously just for yourself. But that's Mm -hmm. the only advice I can give you. (laughs) Even if it's just like, you know what, I really want to go through the McDonald's drive-thru and get fries and a Coke. Right. My personal personal favorite treat. (laughs) Like, like, do it. Yeah. Treat yourself day. That's my family. They live 10 hours, five and 10 hours away, my my closest relatives. And um, they've been wanting to be here for a while. And I said, your most important job right now is taking care of all I have left, Finn. Mm -hmm. Just do that. That's all I want you to do. I don't want, when Matthew passes away, I, well, this was like before he passed away. I said, Mm -hmm. when Matthew passes away, I don't want somebody telling me, you need to go take a nap now. You need to go do this. You need to go, like, I didn't want, I wanted to do it my way. Yeah. Also, like, you earned it. You can do it your way. Yeah, exactly. This is, like, this one experience. Like, you're not going to have, like, the experience of, like, losing him again. And... So you get to feel it however you want and do it however you want. And I'm going to. Yeah. Good.
So that was Holly on day one of widowhood. When we get back, time marches on. We're back. The last time I saw Holly, it was in July. And if there's one thing that people in Minnesota like, it is talking about the weather. July was obviously beautiful. But when she came down to the studio in February, it was like we were having July all over again. I mean, not really. I think it was like 20 degrees. But the sun was out, which was pretty incredible. Holly, you're back. I am back. Oh, my goodness. Uh, honestly, seeing you on the stairs was like a dream because it's February. You are glowing. Again, it might be the sun. <laughs> I think it's the weather. And <laughs> tell me everything about your life. <laughs> do I, I got a text from you and you said you were coming into town. And I said, do you have time to talk? And you said... That it wasn't just you coming to town. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have not left Finn with him, like, to do a big outing like this. Yeah. Wait, who's him? Um, him. His name is Brian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I met him um, three months after Matthew died. So that's kind of a hard pill for some people to swallow. And I actively was looking. So that's even a little more difficult for people to, to understand. Um, Tell me about that. When did you know that you wanted to be with somebody and that you wanted to yeah I had met somebody um back in my hometown Grand Forks um that I had gone on a few dates with it was kind of a random thing and I smiled again and I felt something like I deserve this why am I like rotting in my house and not living life like Matthew and I talked about it was just a part of me that even when Matthew was sick I didn't smile like I wasn't okay and I hadn't had feelings of being alive and happy since, you know, when before cancer came into our lives. It was shocking to me. I, I didn't expect it to happen so soon. I kind of went on eHarmony thinking, you know, maybe I'll just date for fun and just like see what's out there and, you know, not looking like long-term serious. And it just kind of happened. And I look at it and I'm like, you know, I think Matthew had something to do with this. Like, he, like... Why do you think that? He just doesn't only take care of me but Finn you know and that's a hard thing to find widows are very probably not easy to date I'm guessing (laughs) (laughs) we'll get get some opinion I feel like we'd be great yeah (laughs) I might be a little complicated but he embraces it and he doesn't run from me talking about Matthew and that was like the sign that just I knew he was going to be around what's it like seeing this new person that you get to be in love with and get to fall in love with be so good to Finn who's the boy that you have with Matthew yeah I would say it's kind of bittersweet I'm sad at times because I'm like Matthew should be doing that Matthew should be playing tractors with him and showing him how to build blocks or whatever he's doing and then the next minute I'm just feel so like blessed that this man exists that I never would have thought would embrace my son like he does he just steps right in I watch them interact and Finn 
he, he adores him, just the way he looks at him. And yeah, I, it couldn't be more perfect. Do you think you'll get married? I do. Do you talk about it? <laughs> we do. I hate saying this. <laughs> Why do you hate saying it? You're smiling. You're also I saying know, that while I'm turning your face like, is like your because smile's gonna like break your cheeks or anything. I know because it's so public and yeah. it's so hard to admit because people are gonna be like, oh, she's lost her mind. Now she's gonna jump into this and she's making a bad decision. People just they assume and they don't know because they don't ask. They just say things without like really finding out what it's really like for me. How happy I am. What were you afraid that people would say when they heard that it's you were It's too dating? soon. Yeah. There are people that did. And it makes me sad for them. I'm sad because they are they just don't know what it's like. So it took me like two and a half months to even like really tell people. It's not something that you would judge if you have been there. Yes. It's like this isn't a breakup. Right. This isn't a divorce. divorce. Exactly. I this love it is, when people compare it to divorce. It's completely different. And I I wouldn't judge you if you started dating before your divorce was final or after because I haven't been there. Right. And I don't know how that feels for you. But the people who were the fastest to give me advice or to cast some sort of judgment on decisions I've made, not just dating, but anything, they aren't there. They do go home to their husbands or their wives or just Mm -hmm. to something completely different Mm -hmm. and so I'm very happy to see you happy. Thank you. And I am, I am happy. I'm even happier to see you giving yourself that. Yes. Because I did not give myself that. I had conversations with Matthew that people don't know about. And that was something that I shouldn't have to tell them. You know what I mean? I, like, that's between he and I. And he wanted me to move forward and find love again and also make sure that that love would be there for our son. You know, it's a very complex situation. It's not something that I take lightly. I'm just always so curious what they would have you do. Yeah, <laughs> like date and, somebody secretly for a year. Right, or and I was what's the magic that number? Way. Yeah, what, what is the appropriate like, am I supposed timeline? to sit and like watch my clock tick until it hits July 25th at 5:30 p.m. and yeah. I can now date? Yeah. Like that is just crazy to me. Yeah. And I feel like people think that there is a timeline. And I think everybody's so different with how they carry the grief. I think I got to the acceptance point prior to him dying. It doesn't mean that I'm still don't regress and go back to bitterness or go back to those different phases. I will always carry that grief and I will always love Matthew. I know you had said I loved Matthew or you loved Matthew, mm-hmm. but like I think it's present. Like I still love him. I'm sorry him. I said it that no, way. Because, I didn't, I don't because, mean that. No, but I, yeah. I know how that feels too. Where you're like, yeah. No. I say that about Aaron too. I'm yeah. like, well, I love Aaron. Yeah. And He's I will just always no longer be with us. Yeah. Yeah. And but I will always be in love with this person right. who isn't here anymore. It's hard and for people to understand that. Like a lot of people, now that I've become open about this, I feel like they have withdrawn from me more. Tell actually. me about that. Yeah. Um, after Matthew died, I had that close group of people and family and stuff that were there. But still those people that I thought were close to me that just kind of were like, still haven't talked to me about Matthew dying. And it's like, oh, like. It's okay to talk about it. I prefer to talk about it. And it makes me sad for them that they can't approach me and ask me how I'm doing in my new relationship, how I'm doing with my grief, because those two things, as opposite as they are, happy and sad, I've learned to balance them. And you have to in order to keep living 
to keep afloat. Yeah, right. You're not going to go away just because somebody doesn't ask you about right. it. What are the moments that you have where you you call them breaking down yeah. like in front of Brian about Matthew? What what are those like and what makes yeah. those come um about? It's happened a couple times and one occasion was Matthew's birthday in January. I was with Brian that day and he knew it was coming up the weekend and and I had mentioned it early in the week like this is what's going to happen. Like I I want to acknowledge the day with Finn. And we were going to go over to Brian's parents for dinner that night and I was in the shower getting ready and I just all of a sudden broke down and I think it was I didn't really know where I was supposed to be that day and what I was supposed to be doing I just felt like pulled and overwhelmed and confused I got out of the shower and I was just walking around like pretending to be busy doing stuff but deep down I was like ah! <laughs> screaming on the inside because I didn't know how I felt all of a sudden I just sat down like kind of waiting for him <laughs> say something because I didn't know how to even bring it up and he's like are you okay and I go no I'm not and I said I'm sad because no one has acknowledged Matthew's birthday to me today no one has said anything like when we die are we just gone and never to be talked about again and that's what I feel like has happened and I just lost it you know it it made me really sad nobody texted me this year on Aaron's death anniversary and maybe they did to each other or or on his birthday. I'm like you. I love when people out of the blue send me, you know, a photo of yeah, right. of, of him or a memory or mm-hmm. something. I want that. I want that forever. To keep it alive. Yeah. And I bring up his name and I'm like, oh, Matthew would just love whatever Finn's doing or whatever is going on in the moment. And it's just awkward silence. And a change of subject. And I think they're in a different phase in the grieving. But I, before he died, I had accepted it. I didn't realize that grief had like a zillion other symptoms. Like I had body aches and I was like physically felt ill. Like I couldn't function. Mm -hmm. And that... And I was getting sick and just, I didn't realize that was grief. I thought I was supposed to be crying every day. Same. Yeah. I don't think grieving ever goes away. I think it's just how you handle it. Mm. And, and I think people think that because I am dating somebody new, I quit grieving. That's so far from the truth. I, I don't foresee myself ever being done with grieving. Did you get a Winnie? Did I get a what? A Winnebago. Oh, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, a what, what? was a Winnie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I did not because yeah. I met somebody. No, I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Same. Same. I'm like, I can't leave. Mm-hmm. I was like <laughs> looking at real estate in Colorado. Oh, yeah. I was just out. <laughs> Bye. Um, did you remember Matthew's recipe? 
No, no. And actually, I was. That's. I have little notes in my phone, and it's it's part of when I go see his parents here. Yeah. I'm gonna see him this weekend, and I have a few things. That's what that's on the list. Yeah. When we saw you last time, you had not yet seen Finn and told him about his dad dying. What do you remember about seeing him again? And how did you talk to him about that? I didn't confront it right away. And then when we got to uh, Matthew's parents' house where Matthew passed away, we walked in the house and Finn looked up the stairs and I was like, oh, here we go. (laughs) You know, he's looking for dad. And he asked and he still asks. But in that moment, um, I just told him, daddy's not here. He's feels better, but he's no longer going to be with us. He's with God. And I've been very consistent with that answer because he asks me almost daily, when's daddy coming back? And like, I wish I had a better answer because that's a very confusing one. He's with God. Well, then, you know, I mean, how do you say that to a two-year-old? I don't want to mislead him and be like, oh, daddy, you know, or just make up mm-hmm. something. I, I don't know. It's been hard. But in that moment, he just goes, oh, okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, all right, well, I guess that was it for now. But it's actually gotten a little worse. He, yeah. he thinks, you know, it used to be where where is daddy? When is daddy coming back? More of a question. And now it's more of a he looks at me and he goes, daddy's coming back. More of like a reassurance mom. Dad's going to be here. That is the most heartbreaking thing in the world. And those are the moments that, like, shatter me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that first week I went home, I was just kind of like a walking zombie. I wasn't sleeping. Same. I was feeling Matthew. Like, I could feel Mm -hmm. his presence. Yeah. And, yeah, that, that first week, if I didn't have Finn, I don't know where I would be. Same. I would stay up all night. Oh, yeah. And then Ralph would wake up and come into bed with me, and he'd just hang out while I slept till, like, noon. Oh, he would just gosh. be there. I'd, like, roll over and see oh, him. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, you should probably go to daycare. Let's, <laughs> let's get dressed. Have you eaten yet? Oh, no, because you're two? Okay. <laughs> how, old, how long till you can start some coffee for me? <laughs> oh, gosh. I Aww. can relate. Yeah, and then I'd put him to bed and just... Stare up and stare at the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you. This was terrible. Thanks for asking. I am still Nora McInerney. If you didn't know this about me, I wrote a book. It's called It's Okay to Laugh, Crying is Cool Too. They sell it all over the place, and it would be cool if you bought it. I don't know if my child is college material, frankly, based on some of the work he's taken home from preschool, but if he is, I'm going to need money for it. Um, And he does literally need a new pair of shoes. Okay, Crocs don't grow on trees, I checked. Terrible Thanks for Asking is made here in beautiful St. Paul, Minnesota at American Public Media. 
Our producer is Hans Butel. Hans's mom. What's your mom's name? Kathy. Kathy, if you're listening, Hans is such a good dude. You did a great job. Two thumbs up for your mothering. Our theme music is by Joffrey Wilson. Follow him on the internet. His Instagram name is Joffrey with a G. I think you can just see how that's spelled in your mind, right? Geoffrey Lamar Wilson. Uh, who else do we thank on these? I was just doing this all from memory. Are you impressed? Pretty good. <laughs>